So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, everyone? Doc Jake here with the Active Atlanta podcast. Um, I'm really excited to talk with the guest that we have today. Um, his his name is Danny Whirlpool. He's got an array of, of awards kind of attached to his name. He's got the College Football uh, Heisman Trophy Award in 1996 for quarterback. Uh, he's got a, a college award named after him for community service. And he's and he got and he's actually inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2013. So, without further ado, Danny, thank you so much for being on the show, my man. Thanks, Dr. Jake. I'm glad to be with you. Love love you guys a bunch at Athletes Potential, and happy to be on the podcast. Oh, man, we appreciate that. You're a, you're a fun person for us to work with, and and um, yeah, it's not every day you got a Heisman Trophy winner rolling into the office, so that always makes it a lot of fun too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, how you how are you holding up though, man? How's everything going with everything kind of going on? Yeah, I tell you, I mean, I think uh, there's been definitely some challenges, uh, but, you know, our family, we're very fortunate, kind of this situation. I feel like we're kind of on the lucky side of things where we are able to kind of be at home and, and still be able to work and, uh, and have enough income to kind of cover our expenses. And, um, and so it's been, been challenging being together, but we're also grateful. Um, you know, I've got a lot of different type of interaction with my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've got a lot, lot more time together and just some different rhythms have been good. Um, but you know, like a lot of folks, I, I spend a lot of time thinking and of course through our work at desire street, trying to help those that just don't, don't have those same options uh, that we do at this point that are really struggling. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm so excited. We're definitely going to take a deep dive into, uh, with, uh, into desire there here in a second. Um, you guys are doing a lot of incredible work with that and, and I'm, I'm excited to expose Atlanta to a little bit more about what that is. Um, yeah, I hear you though. I think, um, I think developing habits or, or just creating a routine is, is something that's really important, um, at a time like this. And, um, man, I feel like I quit the people that I talk to and I don't necessarily quit. That's probably, maybe not the right word, but people who, are in a high level, uh, whether that be sports or in the military, we get the opportunity to work with a lot of uh, special forces. Um, it really seems like um, y'all are handling this a little bit, I don't know, say better, I guess, than a lot of, uh, a lot of everyone else because, man, you, uh, there's a lot of stresses involved with kind of what you guys go through. So do you feel like your, your time as being a, uh, being a leader in like, uh, for your college football team or, or down there in Florida or uh, in the NFL, do you feel like that's really kind of helped kind of guide you through or at least give you some, some, head, some heads up or some pointers in terms of how you're going to handle a stressful situation like this? Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that a ton, but I, I definitely think the more high-pressure situations you're in, the more times you deal with adversity kind of shape you for the, for the next challenge. 
And so I definitely think a lot of that has, you know, I also had a, a real weird illness um, nine years ago called Guillain-Barre where mm. it's, it's an autoimmune disorder where your body shuts down and you become sort of paralyzed to some extent. Crazy. And so I had several months where I could barely move and then uh, almost a year where I was just really tired. And that was like, talk about being forced to, to kind of shut down or be still. And that was a really difficult time, but it sort of pushed me to, to kind of force some stillness in my life. And so I, I'm, I practice a lot of prayer and, and meditation and mindfulness. And, um, and so I think really a combination of sort of these external experiences of life combined with some of the, the, the challenges to, to be alone and to be still um, that have become a part of my life have really helped me. You know, every morning I get up and I, I'm on the porch for, for an hour or so just being still and praying and quiet before I kind of check the news or get into any kind of work or anything. And I think that really kind of sets the tone. For sure. Dude, Guillaume Beret, I tell you what, that is – uh, uh, for, for those of you that don't know, uh, it, it, that's almost like this, it's like this uh, peripheral nerve order or so like this nerve disorder where uh, it, it attacks like almost like you're from the feet up essentially. And it can be, and it can be uh, life-threatening very quickly. And it is uh, super scary and very rare too. I remember when we were going through PT school or physical therapy school and I was told I would never see anybody with this. This is one of these diseases that we were just kind of, not diseases, but disorders that we were going over that uh, like, yeah, it's important to know for the textbooks, but you're probably never going to see it. Man, I went off on this clinical rotation. I don't know what was in the water over in Fort Wayne, Indiana, but uh, within the, my first month, I saw three people with Guillain-Barre. And wow. it was crazy, man. It ranged anywhere from a 16-year-old who, um, who she was doing okay, but definitely had a ton of leg weakness. She was on a walker. Could be, her knees were buckling at all times uh, to, to a person or to a patient who we had that was, that was on a vent. Thankfully, everyone yeah. made full recoveries. Man, so did how 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 progressive if you don't mind getting into the details of it uh, how progressive did that that uh Guillain-Barre get for you you know in the in the spectrum it was pretty mild i would say you know good, i good. i got for for a week you know several weeks where i i could always stand and could shuffle kind of move a little bit um but that was about it um mm. you know i never lost full use of my arms or hands but they got numb and weak um and so it was it was it was tough and certainly a difficult time. But then, you know, as I've grown to see so many other cases that folks have had it far worse. So I feel pretty fortunate. For sure. I think uh, no matter what degree of severity you have, uh, when your body doesn't work the way it should, um, especially from a nervous system standpoint. So you, ne- you wake up one day and all of a sudden you can't move your, your feet the way you need to, or you can't walk, or your legs are buckling. Um, I don't care what, what degree of severity it is compared to other people that, that, uh, that's an, that's yeah. an important thing to get. That's a scary thing to try to uh, get past. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So then what, so what was that like transitioning from, uh, yeah, like your transition out of that and getting back into, cause, cause those of you who haven't seen Danny recently, the dude is still in tip top shape. <laughs> and, uh, so what was your, what was your training process looking like going from, um, your Gambre diagnosis into, back to daily life? Um, just slow. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I got coordination back fairly quickly, um, but I just, I had no energy. And that yeah. was probably the hardest piece is, you know, trying to live life uh, with, you know, at the beginning, you know, 10% of your daily allotment of energy and then 20%, then 30%. And then, you know, when life picked back up and I didn't have the, 
the, the extra gears, it was, it was tough. Um, but man, so many, so many good lessons. I mean, I really do think that we all only have so much good energy a day, really good focused energy. And then we kind of can make up extra as we need it. But sure. it really forced me to think about where am I going to give my good energy today? You know, is yeah. it going to be to my kids, to my wife? If it's my job, what, which thing at my job needs the most of me today? And it really helped me to be more focused. And so even now, uh, when, when I can do more, I'm still trying to, to think what's the most important things I can do today and make sure that my energy and my focus go to those things. For sure. And then is that, did, uh, did, did your involvement with Desire come before or after your diagnosis? Long before. So I, I was drafted by the Saints out mm-hmm. of Florida. And in 1997, went to New Orleans. And that's when I started volunteering at, at this organization called Desire Street, which at the time was a small organization in the Ninth Ward of New Orleans, working with inner city kids in Desire Street, on Desire Street. Mm-hmm. And so I volunteered. And then in 2004, I retired from the NFL and went on staff. And then I became the director in 2005. And we relocated post-Katrina, our headquarters here to Atlanta, where we've been ever since. And basically, just to summarize it, what we do is we, we find leaders that live in neighborhoods that are really, really struggling, under-resourced neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's leaders doing phenomenal work, working with kids, working with their, their communities, and most of them so often don't have the resources they need to succeed. It's really not Right. A lack of talent or knowledge is just a lack of resources and training. So Desire Street, our niche, we come alongside, support leaders for three to five years, help them build their organizations and their boards so that they can thrive yeah. and be sustainable. And it's been a, an incredible journey, challenging, but very rewarding. Man, that's awesome. So give an example, like what, what would be, um, and you don't have to give specifics of names or anything like that if you don't want to, but like, what, what's a, do you have any examples off the top of the head on what um, a, a, an impactful meeting or a impactful day would be like for you with, with desire? Oh, sure. Well, every day is different. So kind of put a little more context to it. We've helped yeah. start several after-school programs and summer camps in inner city neighborhoods. We've helped start several schools and develop schools. We've helped start uh, several medical clinics, uh, helped build community centers. We've helped have people develop housing programs for their residents uh, and job programs and, and all sorts of things. And so that's sort of a, the types of programs that are happening. And then what we're doing is we're working really in, intensely with the leaders of these organizations and to make sure that they're healthy and sustainable. And so we host retreats. We do a lot of training. We do a lot of coaching uh, and, and all that we can do to help develop uh, the leaders. And so then they're impacting thousands of kids and families and neighborhoods with just Amazing story, you know, kids that yeah. uh, statistics, you know, young men that may uh, be likely to end up in prison or dead by the time they're 25 instead are college graduates married with kids and, and doing great, great things. And so it's yeah. been real, real exciting, but again, real challenging because a lot, not all the stories end great. And so right. uh, it's, it's, it's been quite a journey. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I think the, um, tactic, I guess I could say that you guys are using with going after like the leaders of communities and and trying to help grow them, build them and letting them go and further touch even more lives is 
incredible. It's, it's such a well thought out uh, process there. Cause you can, if you impact a great leader, man, you have such a further reach in what you're capable of, of doing and providing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a great uh, transition to this model. You know, it's uh, I remember one person kind of gave an example that said, you know, Danny, you could mentor 10 kids in a year and have a great impact. Mm-hmm. Or you could develop 10 mentors and each of, if each of them did 10 kids, you've, you've reached 100 kids. Right. And it's just a, a great model of, of how we can leverage uh, our, ourself and our resources to, to have a broader impact. And that's, that's been the strategy. That's awesome. So then um, how do you guys go about selecting like who you're going to help? Is there an application process to it? Or is it, um, do you guys reach out to people who you just notice you're doing a really good job or, or how's that work? Yeah, we find some, uh, most of the people that we've worked with have found us or they've been referred by other people. And, you know, so far in doing this for all these years, we haven't had to really search. We've always had more people applying than we had uh, space for. You know, we really right. work in, in, in smaller numbers for, for a deeper and longer period of time. So we currently, you know, we have nine different neighborhoods across the southeast Mm-hmm. And we're adding two, so we'll have eleven this next year. And we, you know, we're committed to these these neighborhoods for the long haul. Um, that's awesome. You know, we've got uh, a handful of neighborhoods here in Atlanta that's that's real exciting. You know, we have worked in the Summerhill neighborhood for years with Summerhill Community Ministry, which is down by the old the old Turner Field. Um, nice. And uh, we working in Grove Park with. Uh, with Tanya uh, Johnston, who runs Paul Kids organization on, in Grove Park. And then we are working in English Avenue with mm-hmm. Peace Prep. It's an academy in Oaks, Atlanta, which is doing housing. And, and then also with the church in Vine City called uh, Redeemer Church. And so we've got a handful of great things here in the city that are happening. And we're just super happy to be a part of it. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I think... Um... I can't think of anything more fulfilling than, than helping other people reach their potential. And um, it sounds like you guys are doing exactly that. So that's awesome. How, um, how did you get, how, so I know you got drafted by the saints and you kind of, and you kind of talked about it a little bit there, but how exactly did you get involved with, like, how did you even hear about these guys to start off with? Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of things in life. If, if I'd have known what would have happened, if I could have seen that the, you know, the 20 year plan in 1997, I probably would have been scared and wouldn't have done it. Like right. I wouldn't have even gone because it would have been overwhelming at the time. Uh, but what you do is I think you just, you take little steps and you trust the next little step and see mm-hmm. where it leads you. And, you know, for me, when I got to new Orleans, I was looking for something to be a part of. I was uh, a young growing Christian and really saw my faith, not just as something I believe for myself, but something that would motivate me to help others. And right. And so it was a series of unusual, random situations, coincidences, uh, you know, if you don't believe in any sort of bigger plan, but uh, a lot of things came together that, that led me to get connected with Desire Street. And I just started volunteering, playing basketball, helping with homework. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, then, and then over time, I just couldn't not do it. So when I retired in uh, uh, 2004, um, every day, in 2004, I was driving down our street and I'd turn right to go practice football and I'd have to, and I'd have to turn left to go to desire street. And it just got harder and harder for me to keep turning right. So I Mm -hmm. retired and I've been with desire street ever since, man, that's awesome. So let me get this straight. You're, you're the, 
Are so you're are you the head of Desire Street now? I am. Yeah, I'm the executive director, and I have been since 2005. Awesome. So you're the executive director of Desire. Uh, you um, you're you're a busy guy, just all all the way around. So how's um. You kind of talked about it a little bit, but what are some tactics, I guess, that you use to balance between being, uh, you know, in charge of a nonprofit, being a uh, an awesome dad or husband, and uh, also balancing fitness into your life as well? Well, uh, I tell you, yeah, there, there's so many things. Someone the other day, or uh, not the other day, about six, eight months ago, asked me to make a list of all the categories of things I do professionally, <laughs> along with the Desire Street, and and then. And by the time we looked at it, it was it was pretty exhausting. So I've been going on a, a process with some good mentors into uh, to being really focused and to try to continue be more uh, intentional about the things that I'm doing. Fortunately, right. um, you know, I think growing up as an athlete and then kind of moving into my professional life as a, as an athlete, you know, exercising was part of my life and part of the rhythms and uh, and just have always tried to make time and you know sometimes life gives me more time to do things I like and enjoy and and get good exercise and other times it's like you know I've got 13 minutes and I'd rather not do anything but you know what you can burn a lot of calories and 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 impact your system doing something for 13 minutes if you do it hard enough and so I've always tried to you know a little something is better than nothing and Mm -hmm. um Another thing too is, you know, I married my wife, Jessica, who I know that you know, and she's, mm-hmm. she's big into fitness. She's a fitness instructor. She's teaching Dude, she's classes online right now. She's, she's got like hundreds of people watching her on Zoom and Facebook here during Not this surprised. time. And, and <laughs> so the fact that she's so driven towards it, we both really support each other and, and know how important that is in our lives. So we've, we've stayed very active and it's, it's something we enjoy. Yeah. That's awesome. And then obviously staying in shape has been uh, a benefit to you because you've also, uh, you just got done playing in the professional um, flag football league. What was that last year? Yeah. The last two summers, a a new uh, professional flag football, American flag football league has started. And I mean, they're, they're uh, drawing in a lot of former NFL athletes, Michael Vick, Terrell Owens, lots of guys, and (laughs) uh, and as well as like the best of the best of flag football world in the country. And they had a, a million dollar pot the first year and a quarter million dollar pot uh, last year. And so awesome. uh, I started doing that again and just, I'm loving it and, and really excited. There's, you know, depending on how, what happens, we're, we're going to do it again this summer and I'm trying to keep my 45 year old body in shape and appreciate athletes potential and the way you guys have helped me. I had shoulder surgery because apparently you're not supposed to throw hard when you're as old as I am, but I'm still trying <laughs> and uh, hanging in there. You can, fun. You, you can still you can still spin that pigskin, right? <laughs> a little, little bit. Yeah, yeah. You made the. I think you made the top, uh, like a sports center top ten play with some uh, like a like a little reverse pass, or I don't know. I I don't remember the exact play, but I remember seeing you on ESPN with with the flag football league too. Did you? It must have been. Yeah. Michael yeah, it was Vick like was some trick play you guys did, and like um, like I threw it to Vic, and then he threw it back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think did you take off for the first down or something like that? I I can't remember. <laughs> I did. I did. I think the guy. That was chasing me, fell over. He had a couple for sure. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, okay, awesome. And then with your so with everything kind of going on, what are some what are some just I, I love the fact that you said um, you know, even if you just have 13 minutes, doing something is better than nothing. And I think there's a lot to that. I think that um the ability to 
force yourself to do something that you don't have motivation to do in that very moment is how you build habits and how you actually build a strong foundation to making something a a permanent aspect of your life. Um, Because a lot of times you're just not going to have the motivation to want to do anything. Do you, um, did you find it hard to make that uh, transition from being essentially like told you, you have to work out from your professional uh, uh, football career to now you can, now you can, or you have the ability to choose to do it or not to do it. Was there a tough period for that for you? And then what were some tactics you used to kind of like get over that mental hurdle of not wanting to work out? Sure. You know, I, what, there's been very few times in my life where I haven't been able to be active mm-hmm. and the, the negative effects that I felt right away. I mean, I don't sleep as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't go to the bathroom as well. I, I don't eat as I can't eat well. Yeah. It, like it, it begins to impact me pretty quickly to where I don't like it. So there's this sort of intrinsic motivation that I feel better when I do it. I think, you know, one thing that, that is important for me, and I'd say this for everybody is you, you can also get uh, a workout doing something fun. You know, like I right. hate running. I hate being on an elliptical machine or on a, <laughs> any kind of machine, but I could go play racquetball or tennis or soccer all day and love it. And so I think you definitely want to work in something that you enjoy. I mean, if you like to dance, you can do Zumba or jazzercise, or if you like to, to, to kickbox, there's all sorts of, you know, so I'd say one, do something that's fun where you, you're not going to exercise. You're going to have fun and exercise is a byproduct. That's part of it. But the other part is what you said is very true is that there just are times you're just going to have to push through and uh, and I think that's a that's a mindset that that some people I think maybe have naturally, but it's also a pattern that you develop over time. And you know, one of the benefits of having played football uh, at a high level is you know from the time I was young, every year I had multiple times a day to come to the end of my rope and push through, mm-hmm. and workouts and training and games. And you just once you realize you can, you you, you believe it more. And so. Uh, you know, just staying active. The thing that's, that's also, and I, I really credit you guys to this is as you get older, you can't just go crazy for 13 minutes uh, if you're not smart because your body needs more time. So I've definitely incorporated a lot more mobility work. You know, my yeah. shoulders are shot and just like I said, I had surgery. So I'm incorporating a lot more things that do take a little more time uh, mm-hmm. to, to do, but um, at, at my age, I think it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think you talked about a lot of things that are really important for people to realize there. Uh, you know, um, mobility or, or just self-care is, is really important, but then also there's this term called, uh, it's, it's called NEAT. Um, and that stands for uh, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And that's a really long way to just say like, burning calories without like a quote unquote exercising. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. and, and that's, that's a lost aspect to our society and it's not of, of anyone's fault by any means. It's just the way we operate now as a world. We, um, we drive a lot more, we sit a lot more, we're in an office, we're not out being hunters and gatherers. And that provides the opportunity for us to have a lot of comforts that we, we enjoy in life now. But, um, yeah. I think that finding some way to incorporate some fun stuff cause working out, um, it doesn't have to be um, full go in a weight room, um, pushing yourself to the max every single day, trying to force yourself to do something that you hate. Cause if you're constantly doing something that you hate, you're going to get burnt out of it no matter what. Um, yeah. um, 
it's, it's just how it is. You only have so much uh, ability to push out that, that noise, but um, finding some form of, of movement that you enjoy is really important. And then uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there too, in terms of like the mobility work that you've learned through us or, or whatever, or, or whatever routine you're getting into. I think having the ability to perform some self care and get, and working in a little bit more than just constantly demanding out of your body and actually being willing to put into it a little bit more, right? So being able to yeah. work on your mobility, being able to work on you. So you're talking about the mindfulness that you do every morning. Um, I think all of those are really important and they're important aspects that people overlook consistently yeah. across the board. Um, um, I think you're so. right. And one other thing I'd add too is you can't always do this, but if you can incorporate movement with people that you like, for sure. It's, you know, uh, to go for a walk with someone to play tennis with someone, you know, I, I love, uh, you guys had introduced me to Sam McGavro, who's been on the podcast in yeah. the past at Smugs Fitness. And so I Sam's love being over there and the people there are just, it delights my soul more than just my body to go train yeah. with people like that. And so I think, you know, adding, finding a, a, a super friend, as Kelly Sturrett says, <laughs> uh, is, is good as well. Yeah, man, you're spot on. The, um, the the five pillars well there's four main pillars but then there's a fifth one that pe- of of just overall health and wellness that um that really c- comprise what that is it's there's movement which is what we've talked about a couple of times now with your exercise or sports or whatever the case may be um you have sleep being able to sleep well um nutrition knowing how to fuel your body um stress management man stress management is a, a crucial part i can't tell you how many people we've helped in the clinic not sim- not by like necessarily like healing anything but just teaching better stress management techniques that all of a sudden causes pain to go away. But then that yeah. last one is the exact pillar that you talked about in terms of connection, um, being able to have somebody there, not even if it's holding you to accountability or just filling your cup a little bit more. I think all of that stuff is, is super important and kind of fills in the total picture of health and wellness. Yep. Awesome. Well, Danny, man, this has been a awesome conversation. I really enjoy um, you, you being so honest with us about uh, Guillaume Barre and some of your experiences uh, throughout or since your time with the NFL. Um, real quick, how could people, if people are interested in learning more about Desire Ministries or, or being able to get in contact with you, what are some good contact points that, that uh, we can give our listeners here? Great. Thank you. Well, just for me in general, I have a website, dannywarfel.com. It shares some of the other things that I've been uh, engaged with and, um, and things, but uh, for people in Atlanta that would like to learn a little more about Desire Street and in particular the neighborhoods here in Atlanta where we're working, mm-hmm. you know, there's certainly lots of needs uh, always and, and now more than ever. Uh, so our website is desirestreet.org. And if you go to our, it's called the partner page, uh, desirestreet.org slash partner, I think you'll see a list of the different needs uh, and, you know, somebody, uh, donated a ping pong table the other day, and one of the, the groups just were so thrilled to have, have that something like that. Uh, you know, and awesome. there's just always things that, that people can do. So, yeah, dannywarfel.com and desirestreet.org. Perfect. Thank you so much, Danny. Uh, really appreciate your time, and uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. Sounds great. Thanks, right, Dr. Thanks. Jake. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.